In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Today is the first Sunday of the Coptic New Year, so Happy New Year. We are in the year 1735. So just for your knowledge, we're in the year 1735. And the theme of the first month of the Coptic New Year is God's love for mankind. And in the readings for today, you see the love of God for mankind. In the Pauline epistle, we read a part from 1 Timothy, and the beginning starts out like this. It says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. A faithful saying worthy of all acceptance. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of who I am chief. I think that's kind of the theme of today. Is that the Lord Jesus Christ out of the good love of God the Father, came into the world to save the sinners. And this is why in the Gospel of today, we read about how God sent John the Baptist to prepare the way for the Lord and to return the lost sheep of the nation of Israel and to return them once again to their rightful, to their home. And in the Gospel of today, it's written that the preaching of John did something very interesting. It says that even the tax collectors justified God. The tax collectors justified God, having been baptized with the baptism of John, but the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected the will of God for themselves, not having been baptized by Him. So I found it very interesting. I think it's like the church trying to teach us this year, as you start this new year, who are you going to be like? Are you going to be like the Pharisees and the tax collector, or the tax collectors? Who actually, when they heard the preaching of John, they repented? Or are you going to be like the Pharisees, when they heard the preaching of John, they did not repent? So today we have that choice. And it's actually interesting, it says that the Pharisees and the lawyers, they actually rejected the will of God. They rejected the will of God. So God had a plan for them. They said, no thank you God, we want to do our own thing. When they rejected John, they were rejecting the will of God. And I want to talk about a couple ways, two ways we reject the will of God. I think we could reject the will of God by being lukewarm Christians. To be a lukewarm Christian. By being indifferent. I think we're in the age of indifference. By not caring. In the terms of the gospel today, it's written, We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We mourned for you, and you did not mourn. And wouldn't you agree with me, that would be very messed up if you were at a joyful event, a festival, and everyone's so excited and everyone's so happy, and then Wahid Makashar and Mike is very upset. It wouldn't be proper. Or if you go to a funeral or a sad event, and people are mourning, and you're sitting there, it's not like, it's not good. No, the like to be this is indifferent someone who just doesn't care and goes with oh I don't care about this I don't care about this I don't care about this this is indifference and this is how the people in that time they were indifferent they didn't care they didn't care about righteousness they didn't care about ungodliness I think that's kind of like the time that we're in right now you don't care no one cares oh you do this sin you do this sin oh it's all good it's all accepted everything's accepted nowadays I think this is something very very Problematic, the problem of indifference. Actually, we were talking to someone the other day, and this person was telling me there's no difference between Judaism, Islam, and Christianity. Okay, no difference, really? No difference at all? There's no difference, really? Between the big difference 
Big difference, big differences. But now we're in the age of indifference. That no one, no one cares about these things. No one is lukewarm just to be, ah, just in the middle. Oh, everything's good. Just be happy. Ha ha. Live your life. Be, be, have fun. A lukewarm Christian is, is a hearer and not a doer. Is a hearer and not a doer. This is a type of person who hears the call for repentance, but then puts it off because maybe they they don't think it's important because they don't care, or they think they can just do it later. Oh, we'll just do it later, you know, next year, <laughs> or at the new year we'll do it next year. This is this is like what the Catholic epistle warns us today. It says the Catholic epistle today was from St. James. It says, "Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves." This year don't deceive yourselves. Don't just be hearers and come and hear nice sermons and whatever and and then go out and live differently. Be hearers and doers of the word. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, immediately forgets what kind of man he was. It's like you come to church, you're a wonderful Christian, then you leave the church and you forget what kind of man you are. And you do, maybe we all do some sinful things outside. It's not the way it's supposed to be. To be a hearer and a doer of the world. Of the word. A lukewarm Christian is someone who serves multiple masters. Someone who has multiple masters. A person who is not ready to fully dedicate themselves to the Lord. I think I, I categorize this person as someone who suffers from FOMO. FOMO, for those who aren't familiar with this disease, it's, uh, it's the disease called fear of missing out. Fear of missing out. So this disease is one that you see maybe your friends are doing some things that are ungodly or unrighteous and you have a fear of missing out. So you're not ready. You know it's wrong and you don't want to do it. Or maybe you see a group gossiping or you see some things going against the principles and the values of God. But because the peer pressure, maybe because of the, the society and the culture, you do, fear of missing out. It's a bad disease. It's a very bad disease. This leads to lukewarmness. That you just do whatever. Oh, these people are doing this. Okay, we do this. Oh, we do this. We do that. Leads to lukewarmness. The lukewarm Christian does not have complete faith in God. So during tough times, maybe during tough times, they forget God. I was reading uh, one of the kings in, in 2 Chronicles chapter 35. His name is King Amaziah. Amaziah. And Amaziah, what's written about him, it says, He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. But very interesting, it writes after that, but not wholeheartedly. Not wholeheartedly. He did what was right, but not wholeheartedly. So it's kind of lukewarm, King Amaziah this. King Amaziah was going to war with Edom. So he had 300,000 soldiers. But... For some reason he thought the 300,000 weren't enough. So he went and he hired 100,000 more soldiers from Israel. Amaziah was the king of Judah. And so he went and hired 100,000 extra soldiers from 
Israel, the northern kingdom. A prophet was sent to King Amaziah and told him, these hundred thousand, they're not people of God. We don't need them. Send them back. We don't need them. Why do you need the extra hundred thousand? And then King Amaziah said, oh man, I just paid them. Couldn't you have told me before I paid them? I just paid them all this silver and stuff. But he said, fine, as you wish, prophet, I'll listen to you. And the prophet said something very nice. He said, he said because Amaziah asked, but what about the hundred talents that I paid for these Israelite troops? And the man of God replied, the Lord can give you much more than that. If you forget the little money that you paid for these soldiers, just let them go and God will reward you with much more. So Amaziah took the words and he went to war and he was victorious. And actually it's kind of interesting is that uh, when he, after he was victorious, he stole the idols from Edom and brought them back. He brought them back and then he started to worship the idols after after the Lord had given him victory. That's why King Amaziah can kidda. Like, to the, yeah, to the, yeah, lukewarm, just in the middle. And, and so he went back and then he started worshiping idols. So then this prophet came back to him and started to rebuke him and said, why have you worshiped foreign gods that could not save even your own people from your power? And then King Amaziah, see the arrogance of King Amaziah. And the, the arrogance that's in the Pharisees, it's the same arrogance. What he said is, who made you my advisor? Who made you the king's advisor? Go out before I have you killed. And then the prophet said, the next battle, hachuf, what's going to happen? Well, you'll see what's going to happen to you in the next battle. I think the idea here is that God doesn't want us to be... And lukewarm. No, he wants us to be on fire. To be on fire. That's why the commandment of God is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. When, when Saint Paul asked the people to pray, he didn't say pray when it's convenient for you. Oh, just pray when you feel like it. He said pray unceasingly. Unceasingly. Continue. I want all. We have to be all in. To put all the chips, like in a poker game, you put it all in on the cards of Jesus Christ. We're all in. We're all, we're fully dedicated. We're consecrated to the Lord. All of us are consecrated to the Lord. In the gospel of today, you see how the same thing that the prophet did with Amaziah, you see the same thing that John the Baptist did with the Pharisees. And how, we see how the people rejected the, the preaching of John the Baptist. And the people made excuses not to follow him. And what did they say to John the Baptist? They said, oh, this guy, too ascetic. Way too ascetic. He doesn't eat bread. What do you mean he doesn't eat? Who doesn't eat bread? He lives in the wilderness. He eats locusts and honey. He's dressed like that. We can't listen to someone like that. And then, compare and contrast, then the Lord who came and said was, they called him a glutton and a wine-bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. People are making excuses. Everyone should evaluate the excuses why we're not dedicated. All these excuses are emptiness. They're emptiness. This reminded me of another king, like in the spirit of John the Baptist, is the, the story of Ahab and Elijah. You know, Elijah was like, we say John the Baptist came in the spirit of Elijah. 
And King Ahab is described as one of the most wicked kings of the Old Testament. The wicked, the most wicked kings of the Old Testament. So wicked, but even as wicked as he was, God gave him many chances to repent. Today's about repentance. And he would always send Elijah to him to straighten him out and say, Ahab, you're not going straight. You need to change that. What you're doing is not right. And Ahab actually, I think, actually was a softy, kind of like, he was, uh, he was, he had bad influence, influences, and we'll talk about that later. But sometimes he would, uh, he would rebuke, like, Elijah, like when Elijah would come to him, he would say, you are the biggest troublemaker in all of Israel. I thought that's amazing. You're calling the righteous prophet, the troublemaker, and the most wicked king of the Old Testament is considered righteous. This is the judgment of, of wickedness. The judgment of evil. That the righteous person is called a troublemaker. And the righteous is called. Uh, or the righteous is called a troublemaker. And the unrighteous is called. Uh, is, is righteous. Messed up. But then. And then they had the, the, the event where the. You know Elijah had the event where he called all the prophets. And who would accept the sacrifice. And then. Actually Elijah repented. Shortly. Like sinna. And then went back to his old ways because of his his wife Jezebel. And then the same thing happened again. And this one's more interesting, I think, because when Elijah or when Ahab took the field of Naboth, when Elijah took the field of Naboth, then Elijah was sent to him again. And once again, Elijah said to him, "What what are you doing here? Why why are you here?" You're the, uh, he says, you're my enemy. He calls Elijah his enemy. And then Elijah gives him a chance to repent and he repents. And Elijah said like a very terrible prophecy about Ahab said, your generation is going to be like this. But then Ahab actually repented. He changed his ways. He put on sackcloth and ashes and lived differently. And then the Lord had mercy on him. So I'm amazed at the mercy of the Lord. Amazed at the mercy of the Lord, that He's so forgiving, that any time you repent, no matter if you're the most wicked king in Israel, God accepts your repentance and said, "I'm not going to punish you. I'm gonna. It'll be on the next generation." So imagine if Ahab could repent. How much hope is there for us to be for our repentance to be accepted? The problem with Ahab and the problem with the Pharisees are, I think, two things. One is that. As we said, we have to clean up the environment around us. The problem with Ahab was Jezebel was a wicked, wicked, wicked woman. A wicked wife. And because of her, he, she was always telling Ahab to do bad things. And it, it was a bad influence. So try to remove the bad influences from your life. The second thing that I want you to realize is that God is not your enemy. God is not your enemy. Actually, Ahab, in the eyes of Ahab, God was, or Elijah was his enemy. God or the prophets are not your enemy. They're seeking your salvation. God wants the best for you. And He wants the best for you is what's righteous. And He's always seeking your repentance. I hope this year we think about living the life of repentance. Let's be like even the worst Ahab. And he repented at the preaching of Elijah. Let's start a new year of repentance. A new year to start fresh. And to, to really dedicate yourselves to the Lord. And glory be to God forever. Amen. Amen.